This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Settling in a new city can raise lots of questions. How does the bus service work? Can I join the local library? Where do I go to get advice on renting a home? Over the next half hour, the team from Citizens Advice Bureau bring you all the latest news and information of special interest to new migrants settling in Dunedin. Welcome to Resettling in Aotearoa with Citizens Advice Bureau. Kia ora koutou no mai ano. Welcome to our monthly Resettling in Aotearoa show called Anna Tukuinga to Ingoa. I'm Anna, the manager at Citizens Advice Bureau here in Aotearoa, Dunedin, and um, Claire from the Dunedin Fano Refuge has joined us again to carry on the um, kōrero around family violence and domestic violence. Um, tēnā koe and welcome to the show. Mm. A wee bit more about the impacts of family violence on children. Um, so it obviously has a significant impact on their lives and their well-being. Um, you know, early onset and frequent long-term exposure. Yeah, it's massive and the all the studies worldwide actually show that um, whether a child is, experiences abuse or witnesses abuse, it has the same impact. Mm. So witnessing domestic violence between mum and dad has the same impact as if they are being abused themselves. So that's massive for a child. Um, absolutely what, what, huge. What might we see in children, um, you know, for example, change of yeah. moods, challenging behaviour? Yeah. I guess our schools and our childcares and our kindergartens see a lot of this and sometimes it can be ascertained, put down to other things. And when you might start digging, you realise it's coming from somewhere else. And that can be, you know, a child could have real attachment concerns, really upset when they're dropped at school or not want to go home, um, be quite wanting to stay at school and play, um, having frequent outbursts or isolating away from their peers. It could be struggling to stay awake, struggling to learn, struggling to concentrate, not having food, not not having resources, not having clean clothes. All of this stuff can be signs that something is going on at home. Um, a child that might be hypervigilant or super anxious, is there trauma because, you know, is, there, is that coming from trauma? Is it coming from the child? There's a lot to look at um, in terms of children. Or are they always sick? Um Sometimes that's a common thing that's happening because their whole, all that cortisol and stress running through their body, their immunity is lowered, so they're always sick um, or always at school with a sore tummy, you know, those sort of things. And it might um, cause confusion with their relationships, mind it, with their parents. You know, and conflicting, Massive. depending on the age, I guess, but, you know, they might hope that, things happen or they, they might even worry about whether they're going to get separated, stuff like that, mightn't they? That, that must cause yep. a lot of confusion for them. Really big confusion. And when mum might get the strength to leave and to leave that relationship and the court might deem dad a safe parent, these children are now in the middle yeah. and they can become real pawns of the abuse and that abuse can perpetuate through mm-hmm. the shared childcare and through that stuff. So that can mean that the children are, are stuck in this pattern that they have no control over, mm. and it's incredibly traumatic. So, um, like you said earlier, if you if you or your children are in immediate danger, you'd always call one one one. Yeah, and, the, and you can ask for the police. 
you know, like obviously urgent response, but um, yeah. they can also issue a police safety order, can't they, if they have reason to believe that the family violence has occurred? Um, yeah, can you talk through how you find that? that particularly, because we'll go on to protection orders later, but that's police yeah. safety orders and in your experience, how that police respond mm. and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The police safety orders are really, really helpful um, in these instances. And obviously we have no control on them. That's police. They will issue them if they have been responding to a family harm event. Mm -hmm. um, and they can be anywhere from 24 hours to 10 days. Uh, depending on what's gone on or potentially what um, the police might discuss with the victim that they're needing. And that can give that person time to sort themselves out. It gives them the chance to have some breathing space and to have some time to think about what they might need or to put things into play um, with other support services that they might not have been able to access with that person in the home. Um, usually we have really good experiences that the women and children get to stay in the home. There has been some moments where they've had to leave and that's been really difficult to deal with. But we have such a good relationship with the police that it works really well most of the time. That's awesome. And mm. so so th those things that the person bound by the PSO, they like you said, they can't, mm. they must leave the address, they can't assault or threaten or intimidate. Yeah. Must not follow. And it's no contact, general, yeah. like PSOs yeah. are no contact orders, yeah. so they cannot be in any form of contact. And they have to surrender firearms too, don't they, if they have any? Mm -hmm. Yes. So what if, yeah. just before we talk about the um, protection orders, if yeah. someone breaches a police safety order, yeah. they can immediately be, be arrested, can't they? Absolutely. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a breach of a condition. Um, and that is an arrestable offence, yes. And they will go before a judge who then can decide what happens. Yes, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and they and can it will also... be added to the charges that yeah. could already be there. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. They, If they've got enough evidence, they can lay other charges, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, absolutely. And so while that's in effect, you can, can apply for a protection order. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a more permanent... So if you if you have a protection order against someone you're in a domestic relationship with, the protection order makes it unlawful for that person to do certain things. So yeah. with the main conditions there, so the non-violence, mm. um, which is sort of similar to what same conditions for the other one, but then there's the no contact, um, mm. no weapons or firearms, and then this there's this um, requirement to 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 attend a non-violence program. Yes, yeah. So with a with a protection order, there is a bit more um, that comes with that. So the yeah. the respondent, the person who is bound by the protection order, has to attend a program. Mm -hmm. That is part of the court order. And who uh, do, is there a few people that run those? How long do they usually go for? Does is it? Yeah, I mean, so, it must so be a long term thing. Yeah, mostly in Dunedin that goes through Stopping Violence Dunedin. Oh yeah, um, who do group and individual programs. So sometimes someone might be more suited to individual than group, um, or it might be because of their position in the community that they don't want to go into a group setting. Um, so there is some options there around how they will do those programs, but pretty much they sit with um, Stopping Violence Dunedin um, 
sometimes sometimes corrections, but they will generally refer to stopping violence as well. And and there must be it. I guess it depending on it, but they can be in those programs for a long time. Yeah, I don't know the length personally. Yeah. Um, but I think also if they're going to optionally join and stay, then yes, that can be a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so just going back to the non-contact condition, there mm -hmm. are situations or circumstances that it might be allowed, mightn't it? But yeah, only... so a protection order is going to be written to match the needs of that person. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if there's children involved, it might be written down around contact as to be via email and only around the children. And so if they try and talk about anything else, that would be a breach mm -hmm. um, of the protection order. So it can be dependent on the situation when it goes to a protection order status. Okay. Um, and the lawyer or the person that's helping you to apply for your protection order will generally put some of that information in the affidavit. Yeah, so it's like a special condition of it. Of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, for a protection, someone can live with someone and have a protection order against them. Right. You don't, it, it can be very, 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 the traditional and normal thing is that there's no contact, mm -hmm. but there is some ways that it can work in different, different arenas. Yeah. And it's just case by case what works for yeah. each situation. Yeah. Which is good that, that it isn't just a blanket. This is how it works. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um. So if you or your children if were, if were physically abused or, um, yeah. you know, you can you can apply for a protection order without notice, can't you, which can be granted within 24 hours? Yes. Um, yeah. So most of the protection orders that we will be dealing with are without notice. Right. So that means that the respondent or the person that's perpetrated the, the abuse has no, no, no awareness that this is happening. Um, so most of ours will be without notice. Yeah. And yet, once they get submitted to court, they are back within 24 hours and then served by the police. Yeah. Um, but sometimes the police might take a wee long if they have to locate that person. Right. So sometimes we don't know where they are and they have to do some digging to locate them. And that can that person oppose that? Yes. So then they've got three. So it's a temporary protection order for three months. Right. It still has the full coverage of a protection order. But for three months, it's temporary, and that's to give the respondent the right to appeal. Mm -hmm. um, and if they want to appeal it, that's fine. They need to get their legal advice, and it, then it will go back to court, um, and the judge will either talk to them about conditions or how to change things or whatever they want to do at that point, or it will be um, made into a full protection order. And that is lifelong until that person, the applicant, discharges it, it remains in place forever. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I just thought I'd mention here for anyone listening that is actually um, an employee, They the, uh, employees affected by family or domestic violence can take, which seems a small amount, but at least yeah. 10 days of paid domestic violence per year. But that's on top yeah. of any other leave they have, just yeah. if people weren't aware of that that are listening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we um, have some amazing employees, uh, employers, I should say, in Dunedin that have been giving people above and beyond that, which is just yeah, incredible to see. It's so um, good to hear. Yeah. On the flip side, there's employers who don't even know about domestic violence leave, and that's okay. We will educate and we can advocate and ensure that that happens. But yeah, we've got some incredible employers. Yeah. So now, I guess, tell us more about the Whānau Refuge and the yes. support and services you guys offer. Um, yeah. 
you know, because it's, I think it's broader. Often people just think you're this place that people can go, but there's a mm. lot of, you've got way broader services than that, haven't you? We have, and I don't think the community knows enough about it, to be honest, no. and we're trying to get out there, but we're a very small team, and so sometimes it's difficult. But we, last time we counted, we do, we offer 18 services to the community, 18 different services. Our core mahi is, of course, um, crisis and trauma work. So when people are in crisis and trauma, that is our core mahi. Um, and that involves that community and residential advocacy. So that's about our safe house. So people who are in imminent danger who need to be safe housed or people who are in, um, they're in, they're in danger, they're not in good situations, and we do that community advocacy with them. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of our core mahi. And then we go out from there and look at, um, we have our group programs. So we run our wahine kaha which is a woman empowerment program around breaking the cycle. And we have our tamariki program, which can be run group and individually for our children that have been impacted from family violence. Um, we just, and then we go out from there, you know, there's our food bank, there's, there's all sorts of things that we do for our whanau. So people can access some of those programs without having to be in crisis, can't they? Like they, Absolutely. Yeah. For, our, for our Wahine Kaha, our women's program, um, we run that term by term at the moment. So, yeah. you know, our mamas don't have to worry about school holidays and things like that. Yeah. And as long as the only criteria for that program is that you have experienced um, intimate partner violence at some point of your life. So people so might be, be coming a star. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to know. And that's just for our, for our program, um, for our general advocacy, it's generally that something's happening at that time yeah. um, because we need to be planning and doing things around that. In those mm. programs, how um, is there always space or is there a bit of a waiting list for the ones that aren't, in, you know, for those like the yeah. Kaha? There definitely is a wait list, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but we do triage a little bit if we need to as well around yeah. what's going on. And the wait list sometimes is around, well, the program's already started for this term. And so you'll be, you know, next term. So we really try to triage and try to keep that as low as we can. Um, That program sometimes run individually for women as well. Um, If needed, you know, we're very flexible around working with the needs of our client and being client centric. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people don't want to be in a group or they're not ready for a group and that's fine. Mm. And obviously you've got to do it on the most important or, you know, the priority, I guess, that's... Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. if it's not right or someone needs something in the meantime, we're going to figure out what that thing needs to be, yeah, whether cool. it's referring them to something else and then they come in for the program or or whether there's some stuff we need to do first. We just yeah. kind of play it by ear. So you would, could even help someone who, say, they had, had experienced domestic violence in their childhood but mm. had never really done anything about it, but they're sort of aware that it might affect them as an adult. You could sort of, you would at least talk to them and sort of suggest that, I mean, is that, would that program suit them or would you maybe just sort of point them in the direction of maybe private? Probably if it was their experience as a child, we'd be looking at referrals to counselling and so forth. Because for the the actual program, it's more about that you've been victim to intimate partner violence. Yeah, okay. But, you know, we'd, we'd, we talk to anyone. If they want to ring us and ask for advice or what we can do, then we'll figure out their situation and cool. we'll go from there. Yeah. Awesome. Um, 
you know, a lot of the job of the advocates or our family violence specialists here is about fielding calls and giving education and advice. It might not be that anyone's going to come in and see them, but it's just about giving that advice. Yeah. And so you said that at the when someone calls, it's you're there 24-7. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then we, are, we, of course, have office hours, but for yeah. when we're in the office, but our crisis line is 24-7. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us about the National Home Safety Service, the Fano Protect. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, an additional so we, service. It is, and it's one that's external to us that we just run and can put, put into place for some of our, our clients. The Fano Protect Service is about getting a family um, harm alarm. So it's mm-hmm. a, an alarm that goes straight through to the police in your home, and that can come. We apply for it, and if you get approved, it's in your home for six months free of charge. Um, and you have access to some funds to help with home safety upgrades. So changing locks, putting catches on windows, creating a safe room in the home, um, any, maybe putting a peephole in the door, just those things um, to upgrade the safety of the home. Yeah, that's pretty awesome though. It's a really cool service um, that is amazing asset for us to have. Yeah. And if they want to carry on after the six months, they can. Um, if they want to pick up the cost of that and keep the alarm in the home and it's not it's not expensive we can organize it very quickly and i think it's only about 30 bucks a month um which you know 30 dollars is 30 dollars it's a lot for some people um but sometimes in terms of safety they can figure that one out or we can talk to MSD around if there's any temporal additional support they can access or anything like that well, i notice um that that can also include things like putting a safe room in your house yeah yeah. yeah, so creating a safe room, so which really is just a room that has a lock on it so that it might slow down or give police time to get there. Right. Um, so having a room that whoever living in the home can get go to and lock yeah. um, to give police time to get there if, if things are going to be that dangerous. Mm-hmm. And they must have a – they must know people that are in those situations so that if they get a call from them, they know that, you know, like – Yeah, have so a, if – yeah, if they have an alarm in their home. So a family harm alone is a category, a category one call to the police. So it's okay. lights and sirens and they have to respond within 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, 10 minutes can be a, a very long time, but if yeah. they have to go to, you know, Mosgill or out to, you know, Waitati or something, then they're responding very quickly. Usually it's, it's they get diverted off other jobs to respond to a family harm alarm. Yeah, good. It is yeah. a category one call. Yeah, awesome. So um, I guess I just sort of wanted to mention, I mean, is there anything else you want to say about your service? Because I, I was just going to talk, tell the people about, tell the listeners about a couple of other places that do. I think it's just that things. we're here. Um, I think there's probably some urban myth out in the community that you have to be leaving your partner. You don't, not at all. We're a whānau refuge. We're about supporting the whole whānau. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will do that in whatever way is needed. And that we are, we don't have to have police engagement. So we work with that seventy-four percent that aren't reporting. We will support and encourage, if if necessary, to talk to the police and provide the opportunity to. But people do not have to, mm-hmm. at any way. Um, we do not have to involve the police if they don't want it. Yeah. Okay. So I guess the other people or services which we've talked about is the police, and you would always ring mm-hmm. them if you're in immediate danger. Um, yeah. And then, so Shine, 
They yeah. they provide support, advocacy, and information. They've got a helpline, haven't they, that people can ring as well? Anything else? Yeah, you want they to add, do. Um, and with that? Shine, like if someone rang Shine from down here, we don't have Shine services in in Otakoti, Dunedin, but they will do referrals to us. Yeah. If someone's rang their phone line and consent to that, yeah. of course. Yeah. And so then they'll send good, the referral to us. Yeah. So you've got obviously got a good relationship with them. Yeah. 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 Um, and there's there's also a family violence helpline, isn't there? Are you okay? Yes. Um, yeah. That's 0800-456-450. They would probably refer to you too, would they? In yeah, if someone can send some yeah. services, then they will send something through to us. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a help for male victims of violence, isn't isn't there? Yes, there is male, male survivors. Yep. Male survivors of Targo. Um, mm-hmm. So do you know much about them? Yeah, I mean, we definitely know about them and hear about what's going on. Um, and they are well utilised as far as I'm aware in Dunedin, that's for sure. Yeah. Because they'll run limited services. They'll run programmes and you want to... Yeah, I don't know if they're running programmes at the moment, but they definitely have some advocates who are supporting people. Yeah, and they've got a website if any of the listeners want to look that up. It's just www.malesurvivorsotargo.nz. Um, and then there's Safe to Talk, which is for anyone again in whole yeah. in 44 languages. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've got a text number four three three four oh eight hundred oh eight hundred oh four four three three four. Yeah, um, and so I guess the other thing I just wanted to mention was that it's White Ribbon Day, and this year it's on Saturday mm-hmm. the 25th of November. Um, and it aims to flip the script of Boys Will Be Boys and shine a light on stopping violence towards women. Um, mm. The key focus this year is the role that we all have to ensure that the next generation understands what respectful relationships are, which by definition means does not involve violence. Yeah. Um, and, the, yeah. and the need for us all to be role models um, of healthy masculinity, not us personally, but the men. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, and everyone is invited to celebrate White Ribbon and decorating the First Church of Otago on Wednesday, November the 22nd from 10.30am to 12.30pm. Yeah. Um, and so if you need to talk to someone, um, just remember that Citizens Advice Bureau, we can help you understand your rights and then the next steps you might take about any issue, about any issue but including family violence, and we will help you find other services and direct you to places like Oti Porti, Dunedin Women's uh, Whānau Refuge. Um, and so, yes, we are a confidential service as are you guys. Um, we also have, yeah, we also have three language assistance services if people don't have English as a first language, including being able to book an interpreter. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people, you know, just don't know where to go or, yeah, we can organise the language there for them. Mm. You probably have that as well, do you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've worked with a lot where English is not their first language yeah. and we utilise um, interpreters yeah. face-to-face and via phone call or whatever we need. Same. So um, you've got the same... Sorry, you've got the Fano, the um, Te Fara Ora interpreter. Mm-hmm. You, you, yeah, that's yes. the same ones we use too. They're fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, um, and we can access them whenever. Yeah, it's such a good service. Mm. It's amazing. Um, it's yeah, amazing. I know. It's yeah. So good. So, do you just want to tell us your contact detail, like how people, the, your phone number, or how people get in touch, where they can find information? Just share that with yeah. the listeners. 
So obviously we have our website, we've got our national um, Women's Refuge website and we have our local, our one for us, which you can of course go and look on, www.odwr.nz. Um, we have our Facebook and Instagram pages, which we get contact through, which is great. It's um, nice and anonymous for some people. Um, our 0800 number, 0800 733 843, mm -hmm. which is 24-7. And during business hours, that will be diverted straight to us. Um, here in the office and that's probably your best way but we take referrals from our website um, as well as email so anything that people need please go and contact us we're contactable through so many so many avenues yeah um, and on our website it's a safe website so it has the quick exit buttons as well um, yeah, just to explain it... that to the listeners so they it's quick it, exit. yeah well it, 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 it erases your search history does it it does. It does. There's a button on there, um, which is a quick exit, like other websites, where if you click that, it takes you to like stuff or something like that. But it also deletes the history. Yeah. Um, awesome. So for anyone in a dangerous situation, it keeps you safe. Yeah. Cool. Um, do you just want to say the name of your Facebook page? Um, as it is, Autoportis and Eden Fana Refuge. Cool. You can find us there. Yeah. Um, okay. So. And then I guess our, our contacts is direct uh, Danina Direct 47161666. We've also got a nationwide free phone 0800-367-222, but that won't necessarily be answered in Dunedin. You can email us. Um, we've got a website, www.cab.org.nz, and then under Find a Cab, you can email via there as well. We've got a Facebook page, Cab Dunedin, and we're also on Instagram, citizens.advice.dunedin. Um, yeah, na, na mihi kia koutou. Thank you to our guests today um, and for the listeners for tuning in and to Otago Access Radio for hosting us and for you, Claire, joining us yeah. and sharing all that really valuable information with us. It's much appreciated. Yes. Um, Thank you very much. And anyone reach us at any time. Yeah, absolutely. Such a, such a great um, service. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's a so, busy one. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. Um, so, Norho, what am I? Stay well, everyone. And see you next time. Kia ora. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.